Impressions. Welcome to Impressions, a podcast of non-genre-specific, impressionistic music recommendations. There's an accompanying Spotify playlist for each episode. You can find it on our website, impressionspodcast.com. You might want to listen to the songs before or after this episode, or you might want to listen along with us. We'll give you a cue. My name is Busy Hemphill. My name is Nick Forrest. We're going on an adventure today. Through music. I don't know where we're going to go, but we're going to learn about it together. (laughs) For today, what does adventure mean to you? Right now, adventure for me is an interruption in your daily life. It's sort of to getting out of your routine. Mm. I mean, adventure for me, I think, used to mean travel. It used to be a very normal definition of, of adventure. But nowadays, it's been really close to home. It could be a walk down a street I've never been down. It yeah. could be simply taking a day off of work. Oh my God, cooking a recipe you've never tried before. Yeah. Whenever people say, get out of your comfort zone, I cringe a little bit. Okay. But I think it's because of the people who've said it. Yeah. I think it's good to get out of your comfort zone. (laughs) But like, I associate it with like tech bros and like exercise instructors. Oh, yeah. Push (laughs) yourself beyond your limits, man. But adventure can be that too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What's your first adventure? I am starting in a small town. I, I grew up in the suburbs. I wouldn't say it was a small town, but... Sometimes I think of myself as a small town boy, and I think a lot of my desire to get out and see the world and have an adventure comes from living in a fairly sheltered small town. So this first song is by Bronsky Beat. It's sort of the moment when you decide to go on an adventure. And kind of all the anxiety and uncertainty that an adventure lays before you. It's called Small Town Boy by Bronsky Beat. Impression. So I'm assuming, but please correct me, that this is a queer band. Oh, yeah. Big time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're a queer band. Um, yeah. So that idea of getting out of your restrictive, repressive environment is definitely present in that. At the beginning, there's a lot of apprehension. Mm-hmm. It just feels like the mm-hmm. waiting. And then it quickly shifts into excitement when the beat comes in. But it's not major so that apprehension kind of remains throughout the entire song right well there's definitely a a need like a real need to go yeah to leave, to, to run away. For sure. That's an adventure in and of itself. I think like an adventure out of necessity and an adventure out of fun, completely different things. Yeah. But there is that sense you're, you're about to jump into something unknown. For sure. One lyric that really stood out to me is the love that you need will never be found at home. Mm. Which is so sad. It's so sad. As you said earlier, like it necessitates this adventure to find a place where you can get the love that you need. Yeah. There's also a tambourine that comes in in the verses. Oh. It made me think of like a Western or horses too. Yeah. But again, that idea of like getting out. There is something very Western-y about that, which I can't put my finger on. An 80s sci-fi Western sort yeah. of? Yeah. Despite there being this sense of 
unease and apprehension, there is a moment where it becomes a little bit more celebratory is not the word, but a little bit lighter. Um, around three minutes, like yes. a, a new sound comes in. The synth bridge. Yeah. The synth bridge comes in. And like at that point, like he's arrived in New York City or I don't know, San Francisco or somewhere that's not in his small town. Yeah. And I imagine him sort of just like skipping through the streets being like, thank fucking God okay. I've yeah. arrived. A skip. Yeah. Yes. I feel that he was still not out of his house yet, but this was him uh-huh. like actually like tiptoeing out of the house, right. the little tiny right. clinky Ooh, synths. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. they were like the tears falling. Ooh. Maybe he's close with his mother and like crying or like somebody <laughs> from home that he is actually close with and yeah. like crying yeah. about saying goodbye, especially because the lyrics behind that section are cry, boy, cry. Right. Um, this is a really fun song to dance to. It's very like theatrical and dramatic. If this was in a movie, I would love for the song like to just end in a dance club of all these other people who are also running away and then to like dance and celebrate to the songs. It's transforming a shared trauma into something like a place to just dance and let it go and like let our bodies take over. I like this song for a very superficial reason. It's like a a gay dance banger. It's fun. It sure is. But it's also dark. It's very you. It's gay. It's dark. It's dancey. That's the big three. adventure and just kind of that idea in general and kind of like throughout I'm going to say modern world history so like from Uh post 1600 or whatever adventure tends to be written from the point of the colonizer it's like we're going into the heart of Africa the darkest place or ooh, into the yes. jungles of yes. Borneo or the the wilds uh-huh. of the North American or South American continent absolutely this is a song uh, by an artist Bobby Sanchez and they're two spirit the song that I'm going to play is called Quechua 101, Land Back, Please. It's an anti-colonialist banger. Amazing. That's what I'll say about that. I love a heavy beat. Yeah. Thick, (laughs) grounding, like booty-shaking beat. And then you have this nice contrast with these light pan flutes. I was definitely trying to identify the words. Did you recognize any? I want to say I thought I heard quinoa. My parents like aggressively mispronounce quinoa (laughs) and I bitchily correct them every single time. (laughs) How do they say it? Quinoa. Like, I'm just like, you guys. (laughs) My ears are really tuned to that word. I don't know. I like tricked myself into thinking like, oh, that sounds familiar, but truly... I couldn't really pick out any words. And then at the moment where I kind of gave up, I got called out. That was so amazing. Like I really, that moment was just like, oh, wow. Wadi, chanka, moche, naska, pacha, mama, quechua, aymara, imaina, yam, sumak, sumakta, ayakuchana, viru, wanta, titi, kaha, uru, bamba, kimwa, takna, Mama, Okyo, Manko, Kapak, 
And then the stuff about co-opting the movement. I think like land acknowledgements are really interesting um, and they're kind of this interesting thing that is both important and also can be very performative and also like ends up allowing institutions, governments or whatever to maybe not fully walk the walk totally. yeah. because they've talked the talk. No, I've so. been in many meetings where it was like 90% white and it starts with a land acknowledgement, which, you know, it feels like, okay, we're done. Wipe our hands. Like we did right. it. Like we don't it's, have to think about that until our next it's a meeting. Checkbox. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's this idea that Derek Bell came up with called interest convergence, which is kind of like uh-huh. this idea that institutions don't change unless there's something that benefits them. Those interests converge and then an institution will make some sort of change. Mm -hmm. I always wonder if the folks in these meetings, like, can they name the people whose land it is like oh does your land acknowledgements not actually like say the nations sometimes they do sometimes they don't it depends on the person who's saying it and like so swarthmore doesn't have like an institutionalized one no it's sort of like up to the um leader individual leaders of the group interesting 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 i went to a discussion on unms and oh my god it was like this amazing panel organized by women of color and it was like these four native women three of whom are professors and one of whom is the director of american indian student services unm has an institutional land acknowledgement that like everyone Uh is supposed to do at the beginning of every large event i learned that apparently that was a push from the current president as part of the UNM brand. Oh boy. This is also me reading deeper into that meaning. Like no one's listening to this, but like <laughs> none of the people on this panel were bad mouthing the president. Of course, Let me yeah, just put yeah. that out there. It's the interest convergence. It's twofold. Like, yes, it's great that from the top level of the university, it's like, no, we need to have a land acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. We need to recognize the contributions of the people who were here mm-hmm. before us, who continue to make contributions to our community. All of that's awesome. At the same time, it's because it's part of the Southwestern mythos mm, of UNM mm. and the branding Interesting. Of it. And I was like, oh, I've got so many feelings. Wow. Anyways, huh. fascinating, fascinating shit. Fascinating shit. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Please don't ask me for a translation because I'm only repping first, first, first nation. Please don't talk to me about decolonization when you still speaking in the colonizer's language. See you genocide us, then you colonize us. See you sterilize us, and now you fetishize us. See you stigmatize us, then homogenize us. Trying to co opt the movement and gentrify us. I say no. So quick housekeeping note, yes. I mixed up my order, so I'm actually going to play Miles. I, that was such business meeting language that you used. God, I can't believe I actually said that. I love it. It's great. <laughs> like, put on my maid costume. And just like... <laughs> it would be great if you had an office housekeeping outfit that everybody had to put on when they were like, quiz ha- quick housekeeping note. <laughs> um, so in the narrative of my pecs, We've gone a couple miles. We've got out of our small town. But there comes a point in, I think, a lot of adventures where you kind of forget where you're going or like you get caught up in the adventure and you just lose sight of where you are. Mm -hmm. This next song is about kind of going towards an uncertain future. Um, This next song is called Miles by Christelle Bofale. Impressed. 
so I was back on a horse. Cool. This one was because of that kind of rocking beat that uh-huh. the guitar uh-huh. gives. And so it does sound like, except just the rhythm. For me, for better or for worse, this idea of adventure, like I have taken in the idea of the colonizer. I know you and I have talked about like being a frontiers person and kind of the strange appeal of the gothicness of that. I kept imagining like a family or a lone woman Mm -hmm. trying to make it on her own in this kind of harsh environment. But it's definitely a very sparse song, so it makes me feel like there's really only one or a few people and they're just desperately banding together to try to survive. I was on a horse, but it's like a spiritual idea of a horse. Like There was a horse somewhere in my head, (laughs) but it was like excitement, but also panic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then once I started to pay attention to the words... That's when the the real panic yes, set in. for sure. Along with the bass coming in, there's a lyric, oh my God, where are we going? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I think before you're like, okay, we're just going to try it. We're going to go off and uh-huh. do this. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh no. I am lost and my phone just died and I have no idea where the fuck I am. Yeah. And then it gets into a more existential panic. It's like, does anybody give a shit? Like, does anybody else see what's going on? Like, am I the only one seeing this? I mean, there's definitely a bleakness in the song, but it's such a warm song too. Like, it just feels like wrapping yourself in a blanket and like sipping tea. Yeah. But possibly at the end of the world. You found (laughs) some sort of tattered cloth that you're wrapping around yourself. (laughs) Oh my God, where are we going? Oh my God, what I have we here? ever been on like a tour bus but i have i was on a tour bus once and it just like broke down in the middle of nowhere yeah the tour guide was being really cheerful and like ha 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 like don't worry about it but like i love it there was no water on the bus oh my god yeah it took like five hours for someone to come and like change the tire like it got really cold and really dark (laughs) and like i'm like oh great we're all these fucking asshole tours and we're gonna die yeah where were you we were in iceland on a family trip (laughs) and then we were at the base of an extremely active volcano (laughs) in the middle of nowhere it was like the most uninhabited place i had been up until that point in my life it looks apocalyptic there to someone who lives on the east coast in a city because it's like everything is sandy and black and white and contrasty and there's no sun yes you're in a personal frontier was anybody else on the bus visibly frightened (laughs) the most of the people on the bus were germans and so they were very like they were really holding it together but also like sheer panic oh (laughs) (laughs) um also just like the inconvenience of like being someplace for five hours. Right, you're like, planned. I missed my dinner reservation. Oh, oh no, it seems like nobody cares enough. Oh, the spending really call our home. Nobody cares until they see the home. Where are we going? 
still kind of in that colonizer mindset of going to different places. But this is a fun musical adventure. So this band is called the Paradise Bangkok Molam International Band. And it was started by these two DJs, one of whom is Southeast Asian and the other is Mm -hmm. white guy. But they started this DJ night where they would play Southeast Asian uh, recordings from like the 60s, 70s and 80s. They decided at some point that they wanted to use Thai instruments Mm -hmm. to make disco and to make funk. Mm -hmm. It's a real party. I have issues with forced hybridity or like forced fusion, but I do think hybridity is really magical when it happens and, you know, maybe places that have been colonized start like using tools or foods of the colonizers and mixing it with their own cultures and making something really interesting. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I like this because it definitely feels like a collaboration. It feels very organic. So. The song is called Lam San Disco, and again, it's by the Paradise Bangkok Molam International Band. Impressions. When I first heard this song, one of the things that was really shocking to me was all of those instruments at the beginning, uh-huh. these Thai instruments. There's something about it that ends up kind of sounding like Appalachian fiddle music. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. No, I, I heard like, that it's too. It's not just me. Felt like a hoedown. Okay, I wrote hoedown on my page. <laughs> it yeah. was a hoedown. <laughs> yeah. There's like a hoedown with a bongo-like drum. Also, I was on a really fast-trotting horse. Oh, okay. like, maybe it was a <laughs> pony ride for the kids at my hoedown. No. <laughs> I was definitely in like a live setting. I was sort of surrounded by these musicians. Yes. It was celebratory. I was at a party. I didn't know anybody at this party. And yet I felt very comfortable and welcomed um, simply because there's so many sounds and probably because eventually a guitar came in and it became really funky and dancey. So to me, you know, those instruments, I don't hear them often in my music. They are unfamiliar. And then like you said, there's this hybridity, but it does sound authentic. I love any song with a lot of sounds. And that song had yeah. a lot of... Of sounds. I kept thinking, like, is this a wave of sound or is this a maze of sound? Oh, mm, mm -hmm. at first it was a wave that kind of crashed over me. And then it was like, I was sort of like navigating in between all these nooks and crannies. It does feel like you're surrounded by Mm -hmm. noise, by people, by Mm -hmm. sounds, by whatever. And so it is kind of like visiting Bangkok for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like the steady background, it's kind of like the humming of traffic or just like the existence of so many people. And I guess it's not a fast paced but like how like driving that disco beat is it really just feels like you're you're getting taken on a tour on like a little motorcycle like through or yeah they're called tuk-tuks but like Uh through the city just like blazing through and like you can't actually take everything in because so much is passing Mm -hmm. by you Mm -hmm. we could take it out of bangkok we could put it somewhere else but i think that idea still persists of like being in a new place where you don't know anything and like really trying to take everything in but it doesn't feel like your last song which is like oh my god why isn't everybody scared you're like <laughs> nope i don't know where i'm going but oh my god it's i'm great. having a really good time yeah. Here. yeah
like the the drums and the bass and the guitar come in, it starts to become almost trance-like. So when the like the Western instruments come in, it really is yeah. a big change in there. I felt like I like went into a whirlwind and then I like was pooped out in some kind of amazing <laughs> disco in a Thai movie from the 70s with just like great fashion and amazing dance moves and like yeah. maybe it's open air in some sort of like plaza with street food and the reason I say that is my parents went to Malaysia (laughs) my mom she was like so tickled she was like it was like a Fellini movie (laughs) because they were at this like street food center and there was just like a ballroom dance competition happening in the cool. middle of this like place where they serve street food. So I love that your mom said it was like a Fellini movie. Cause if, if there's any similarity between like Italian culture and Thai culture, it's mopeds and like little, <laughs> little roomy motory things. <laughs> Sometimes you bring home a souvenir or something to remind yourself the adventure. Perhaps you like reach into your pocket and you find like a coin from the whatever place you were in and it reminds you of it. Um, For me, it's always a rock. I have a whole collection of rocks as well. So Ryan knows that I like taking rocks as well. And we were visiting this old cemetery. Uh, We were in New Orleans. It was like paved with gravel in the paths and he took a pebble from the cemetery and then he revealed this to me like on the plane home I'm like ryan that was the wrong kind of rock we do not take cemetery stones it was like this hilarious yet really serious fight that we got into because i'm like i do not think that's respectful i do not want to invite that energy into us that rock is currently sitting in like a bottle of like moon water in our backyard sealed and like hopefully someday we'll get to go back there and put it back but oh my god Anyway, so this last song is by a band that I've loved for a very, very long time. This is the end of the journey that I've been on. You've come back home, or perhaps you've just settled in a new place, and you're reflecting on your journey. The song is called Souvenir, and it's by Morphine. To me, it's like he met a lover or someone in a club. Mm. Like they were surrounded by the sound of saxophones, yes. and and as we all know, it's a sexy instrument. We all know that. I don't. I feel like this might be a lie. My elementary school music teacher once told me that saxophones were like barred from the orchestra or like the symphony because they were like too sexual oh. or like too jazzy. Ooh. If one, any of you listeners know that, please tell me. <laughs> um, so I think I've like internalized that story. Where was I going? So yeah, the song opens with this memory of being surrounded by saxophones. It's just sort of this like melancholy musing. He's back in his fucking apartment moping around, yeah. having the souvenir of nothing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he dropped it on the floor, man. This is from the year 2000, so it's probably like a phone number on a piece of paper. There's that other lyric, names hold the key. So yeah, he's like, man, if I could oh, just yeah. look it up in a phone book, it'd be fine. Dial 411. <laughs> I'm sure there's like 411.org now. Google it. Yeah, Google <laughs> God, they left the number of the person. I really like them. <laughs> I remember meeting you, we were super low. Surrounded by the sounds, the saxophones. 
It's a pretty dark song, as I think most morphine songs are. And when we're just talking about this and the idea of like reflecting on your travels, there's definitely a sense of loss. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. there's this realization that the trip or whatever adventure you've just been on, it can't fix you. Like it's not going to solve all of the problems in your world. It's a cool temporary reprieve from that. But like your real life is still waiting for you back home. My like post adventure melancholy is always imagining like an alternate reality where I live in that place I visited. for sure. And it's the same thing. Like, oh, if I just was able to stay there, then all of my problems would be fixed. That's why I live in New Mexico, man. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I saw this thing on, it was somewhere on social media. It was like, it was a jokey video, but it was like people who moved to New York or to LA to like try to renew themselves or fix their problems. Like you just find those problems there. They're right there waiting for you in like your new apartment. Yes. The last trip we were truly on was to Los Angeles and like the day after when I got home I was at work the pandemic happened and I was just like zillowing houses I'm yeah. like ooh I could I could make that work I could afford a 1.5 million dollar <laughs> one bedroom house like yeah. but that happens like for every trip I'm like what if yes. what if I just reorganize my life in this new place if I can So this last song, we both chose it, which is great. (laughs) When I was a child, I actually did really want to be an astronaut. I think I was really drawn to this idea of like, of exploring, of going places that I hadn't been before, that maybe other people hadn't been before. I never really wanted to be an astronaut because I was always terribly afraid of heights and also like the idea of the infinite just fucking terrified Mm. me as a child. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But nonetheless, I was fascinated by space. The planetarium was like my favorite place and always felt like a true adventure when I would go there and sort of like let my mind wander. Growing up in the Midwest, there's not a lot of geography, but when you can just like look up on a clear night, that kind of felt like an adventure in and of Mm. itself. Mm -hmm. Space exploration has been on everyone's mind these days. I mean, I guess it was always kind of political jockeying between nations, but there was sort of some noble pursuit of knowledge in it. Yes. Right? Yeah. Now it's like, oh, it's just a bunch of rich dicks. It's it's, it's weird. Forgetting about Earth. Yes. Like, I don't know. It's like, oh, what's the best extraterrestrial land form to colonize? Like, these are real discussions that are happening because shit's so bad on Earth. And it's like, or you could put your billions of dollars into this amazing planet that exists and is already, Uh it's already terraformed for you. You don't need to do anything. No, you really don't. Just fucking clean up the air. Like, that's all you got to yeah. do, which you clean can do. Clean up the oceans, like, come on. convert to different forms of energy that are not as extractive. Mm-hmm. Like Build some fucking houses for people. I don't know. Pay people more. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there's, just, there's so many things that money can do. <laughs> you guys. It's amazing. So coming yeah, back yeah. to this song. So, yeah. <laughs> also, this song, 
is a love song essentially. And I think it gets at that excitement and that sense of adventure when you're really kind of getting to know a new person or falling in love. So this is A Love from Outer Space by A.R. Kane. feels like very like housey it has that like kind of fun party Mm -hmm. beat but you also have all these like weird almost handmade sounding like squeaky ambient noises in the background like there's that like background vocalization which in my mind is is the love from outer space oh "Ah." yes yes It almost feels like pressure or tension building up. Mm, There's like mm -hmm. so much going on. You kind of feel like you're getting crowded or like the air is getting crowded with stuff. But then the first time they sing Sha La 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 La, there's this like really satisfying release, Mm. I think. Maybe you've taken off your helmet and there's like this gush of air. Mm. Ooh, maybe up until then, like they didn't know if the being from space liked them or not. So it was like actually just a Uh lot of like uh the nervous thoughts that keep going through your head too of like, oh, maybe she doesn't like me. Oh, I don't know. One lyric that I absolutely loved is she's coming to earth for my birthday. (laughs) I know. <laughs> Which is, it's just really They're saying like, she loves me, she loves me. I I kept thinking of like, she loves me, she loves me not. Oh, totally. But in this case, this person is so sure and they don't even need to do the she loves me not part. They're just like, she loves me, she loves me. (laughs) Because she's coming to Earth for the birthday. That's a long trip. So you have to imagine that she has some feelings for this person. I imagine him like plucking a space flower that sometimes like instantly regenerates a new flower, a new petal. So it's like, he loves me, he loves me. What would you do if you found out Ryan was an alien? Um, I think that'd be great. Okay. I mean, I'd be a little bit like, what the fuck? Yeah, right. But then I would want to know. I would have a lot of questions right. about the universe. Yes. And I would be a little bit scared of him probably for a little bit. Who is his family on Earth? Are they pod people? Did you just harvest yeah. some people and inject your beings into them? Right. Or maybe this is a planet where people look like people i don't know i'd have a lot of questions for a lot of questions (laughs) i can't tell you if it would be positive or negative but i would have a lot of questions Ended in space. Well, actually, no, we're on Earth. She's coming to the visit. Alien's coming to visit right. us. Right. It's our birthday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Some encounters are great, and yeah. some are like, well, that was terrible. Yeah. But I didn't know what I was getting into. Do you want to take us on an adventure with one of your songs? Contact <laughs> us at impressionspodcast.com. Google it, but make sure you have the right impressions podcast. <laughs> Like, rate, review if you have the bandwidth for it, both 
technical and emotional, we'd appreciate it. Those were our impressions. Ah. <laughs>